make money online. So you've run design football for how many years now? Oh gosh, two and a half now. It's ridiculous. So for the, the listeners that aren't familiar with what design football is, what is design football? I go to a bar uh, with my friend Becky. Basically, we text each other a little bit and decide what bar to go to and when. And then we decide on the bar. And then we tell my assistant, hey, we're going to this bar on this day. Do some stuff. And then she emails a bunch of people. I think it's something like 150 people now are on the mailing list for design football. And we go there, and that's design football. Is the two of us there at a bar uh, hanging out. And uh, there's usually, I know this will shock you because it's at a bar, but there is drinking in public. Um, not like on the street, but just around other people. And if you wanted to drink around us also, you come and you do that, and we have a conversation. And uh, due to the powers of alcohol, you happen to enjoy yourself. And then you go home and you go to bed. You'd probably go to bed. I mean, you could not go to bed. You could stay awake. That's design football. What inspired you to create a local meetup? Uh, you want to know the actual honest truth of it? Yeah, always. I, oh my God. I went on a huge rant at my therapist that I wasn't seeing enough other Chicago designers. And they're like, you should start a meetup. I'm like, I'm going to start a meetup. <laughs> and then I... And then I pinged Becky. I'm like, do you want to start a meetup? And she's like, that's a great idea. I've been wanting to do that. And I'm like, how can we make this as little work on us as humanly possible? <laughs> and, and lo, it's basically about, I mean, if you don't count the actual meetup bit, about 10 minutes of work every month to run design football. <laughs> we do it every month, no matter what. Um, even when I'm out of the country, even when there's holidays, even when there's two feet of snow on the ground and, you know, sometimes six people show up and it's, and it's fine. It is what it has to be when six people have shown up and sometimes like 50 people show up and like we glom onto other meetups and all these things, right? Like, um, and, and it's pretty random. Like Kai, you've been to a design football. I think you probably had a good time. Oh yes. Even without the power of alcohol. And, uh, no, that's, that's pretty much how design football. And honestly, like I don't, the nice consequence of this is talking about the beginning of design football is like really preposterous now because it's been two and a half years. Like anything is going to take on a life of its own and gain its own set of intentions after two and a half years. Right. Like I don't, I have to remind myself that that is the creation myth of design football, but, uh, it's the honest truth, man. Mm -hmm. This is real. Yeah, I've started, uh, and I want to circle back to what you said about how do we do this in the least with the least work possible, because I think that's a very important point for anybody listening to this who is considering starting a meetup or has recently started a meetup or runs a meetup and is completely overwhelmed. But uh, one meetup I've started is a Burning Man meetup that was in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, it grew to around 100 members. We met a few times before the burn, once after the burn. And uh, uh, it started from a similar place of saying, I don't have enough connections with this particular type of person. I don't have enough connection with people who go to Burning Man in Eugene. I want to pull these people out of the woodwork. Let me create an event. I did it on meetup.com and start promoting it and get the burners out. And it was a wonderful opportunity to make connections with people who shared the similar interest. And like you, I said, hey, what's the simplest way I could do this? What's the easiest way I could get started with this? 
and maintain it because I knew the most expensive part of starting a meetup would be the time I invest into it. And so from the get-go, I wanted to say, well, what's that minimum viable meetup? What's the smallest thing I could do sustainably that can keep going and grow over time but won't take an insane amount of time at the kickoff? Okay, here's what you do for the minimum viable meetup. You find a time and a place to do a thing. You find a subject matter or a agenda that you're going to be using to guide the meetup. That can be nothing, right? It can be a certain set of criteria, like you're a designer. Um, and then you tell other people about it. You don't have to put together a page on meetup.com, although that helps. You don't have to put together a Facebook event, although people seem to be doing that. We literally put together a website and an event joining page thingy on Tito, which is like a Eventbrite competitor, basically. It's like in a typically for tech conferences and stuff like that. There are great events software. And they let you do free events. And so what we do is we have it so that you can sign up so we can track headcount. And uh, that's another good way of saying uh, we're using it to track headcount, but actually we're funneling it over to a mailing list using Zapier and connecting it to MailChimp so we can let you know about future footballs. Um, and that's how we end up growing the mailing list. So um, even that last bit is not terribly essential. Just do a thing and tell people about it. Give it a subject area. It could be Burning Man people. It could be designers. It can be crochet enthusiasts. It can be people with the first name Kai. It can be anything that you want. Um, but that has to have some sort of thing that says, why is this for you? Where am I going? What am I doing when I'm there? End of meetup. It doesn't have to be complicated. No, no, it doesn't. And in a sense, I mean, what you described is essentially positioning. Like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to do it? What can I expect out of it? Well, that's a positioning statement for an event. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a just productized consulting for mm -hmm. being in meat space with beer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I... I know I did poorly with the Burning Man meetup and I'm excited to do with future meetups is scaling it, expanding it out. And I started to grow my Eugene meetup a little bit ad hoc, a little bit as people found it, but there really wasn't any intention around it. What I really want to do is expand it intentionally. And one of the things that comes to mind via uh, Alex Hillman is the idea of actually not expanding at all at the start. So for future meetups, what I'm thinking about is starting with this minimum viable model, getting a small core group of people involved, and then having the second and the third meetup with that same core group of people. So we aren't expanding too early. We're able to make connections. We're able to keep conversations carrying forward. We're able to identify the people who are the most interested, the most excited, who have bought in the most to the concept of the meetup. And then we could expand out, taking that core nucleus and saying, okay, hey, great, we want to expand this. Do each of you know one or two people who would also be interested in it? That's at least the framework I'm looking at for expanding and growing an early stage meetup. I'm curious how it contrasts with what you've done in the past. Um, I, I haven't had any desire to grow the meetup. Um, not necessarily because I want to put boundaries around it or like have norms established over the first few meetings or anything like that. I, I did that because I was lazy and didn't think intentionally about doing that, right? Like there's this tremendous amount of external pressure to grow things when you have them, right? Like I have a meetup, you know what this needs? 11,000 designers, put them all in the United Center and have me speak to them. No, no. 
No, it can just be a simple chill thing that happens, right? Like, and the goal is to make it so that people are feeling comfortable and welcome and that they keep coming back. And if they don't, that's fine. There's going to be churn. You can deal with that. Um, so I, I think I made football not grow because it, I, what would the outcome be? It would make it sadder for me to run. I wouldn't have as much fun. And that's not good. Like, you should be having fun if you're the organizer of a meetup. If you're not, don't be the organizer of a meetup. Um, I think that having it be the same group of people a few times is very good for establishing those norms and making sure the people feel comfortable. And then also establishing clearer criteria for who might enjoy coming to the meetup, right? Like, it's not enough to go insanely general and say designers, um, especially in a town like Chicago where there are tens of thousands of us. You have to be a little bit more specific and say graphic designers or people who really like CodePen or people who sit in Sketch App. Like, there are meetups for those. There are meetups for content strategists in the city and that sort of stuff. So you can go a little bit more niche. Um, in the absence of that, if you're in a uh, like a smaller town and you go more general on your subject area, you go a little bit more specific on um, who ends up getting invited. Maybe they're junior levels if it's a professional thing. Maybe it's um, a certain age group or criteria if it's a different type of, of group. I don't know. Um, maybe it's self-selecting because you're going out to a bar on a Wednesday night and like how a parent is going to do that. Like there's that sort of thing, right? Like. Um, and none of those are good and or bad. They just are what they are. And I think that you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you said something earlier that comes to mind where, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the meetup sort of gets its own life, becomes its own entity, becomes its own creature. You can't necessarily control it once it's out of the box and two years down the line, it's become its own force in a lot of senses. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it's, um, but because people are bringing their own intentions to it, right? And and you have to be okay and open to the possibility of that shifting over time. Like it's not gonna, it's not your meetup, right? Like it is your meetup because you started it. But in a far more accurate sense, it's everybody's meetup who decides to come because they all have their own intentions. It's a community's meetup. You're doing something that's helpful for the community, and really like why else do you live in a city other than to have access to good people you should be thinking about it in that way and uh, doing what you can to to catalyze the sorts of community interactions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i like it uh we never reached this point with the burning man meetup but i'm curious with design football have you added new new features or new types of events to it or has it remained sort of let's use the phrase feature locked where you know, design football of two years ago, very, very similar to design football of today. There haven't been any additions or uh, uh, growth in terms of what you're presenting to the community. Members. Oh, the design football of two years ago is almost identical to the design football of today. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the boring answer. I think the more interesting answer is in the intervening two and a half years, a Slack community was organized by our mutual friend, Savannah, who um, you, it's like a public Slack community. There's like 400 people in there. And design football kind of became subsumed by that community to a degree. Like it's predominantly people that come from that community. And 
I've noticed this thing that happens where the day after design football, if you went there and you aren't already part of the community, you end up quietly joining the community and everybody's like, hi, it was so good seeing you last night and all this stuff, right? Um, which is cool. And then the professional side of it is run by, I think Becky and Savannah or Becky and one other person. So it's, it's football adjacent for sure. But they call it Friends IRL, which the Slack room is Chicago Web Friends. And um, uh, they do like professional talks and everybody takes turns giving a talk on their own area of interest. So they'll talk about um, they'll talk about CodePen. They did one time. They talked about finance, like somebody's from Morningstar, which is a big financial services firm in the city. Uh, they'll talk about job negotiations, like anything, right? And um, and they do that once a month as well. And it's more of a formal thing. Like it's usually in an office in the loop. And then, um, you know, usually like a week or two later, there's football and they, grow, they draw different groups of people. And so I think the the community expanded the opportunities of participation in the community. Um, and I have had literally zero involvement in every iota of that um i do other than getting people to come to football i do pretty much nothing which is great because again i'm lazy so has that been intentional through delegation or somebody says hey i'm going to do this thing and they do the thing and it's no additional work for you oh it's just other people doing it mm -hmm. i've I, you don't have to ask my permission to start a meetup right there's no copyright infringement i don't care well, I meant more in the sense of delegating out responsibilities to people as things oh, happen. Oh, no, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, football hasn't really expanded. Um, mm -hmm. So there hasn't really been... Like, what ended up really happening was I put together a couple of procedures for Kelly, my assistant, and she just started taking on more of the football stuff, which is like posting the event, editing the website, uh, creating the new event on Tito, sending the email, inviting people... Uh, creating like a little ICS file for people to add to their calendars, uh, sending a follow-up campaign, that sort of stuff. And none of that is like terribly complicated. It's maybe an hour of work cumulatively. But again, I'm lazy and also I have an assistant. So why not just have them do that? Fair. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of the way in which it's evolved. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Uh, for me, what I've noticed is when it comes to delegating out responsibilities, it's always good when growing a meetup or growing any sort of community to keep an eye out for the people who are ecstatic to be there, the people who are showing up and just very, very, very excited about the community and eager to see it grow. What I found is... Make them it, do stuff. <laughs> eh, I flip it around to empower them. Like If they're excited about the space or the community or whatever it is, invite them to invite them in to participate. Hey, how would you like to see this grow? What would you like to see change? Would you like to, you know, be in charge of this part of it and give them permission to participate at whatever level of participation feels right for them? I think that's a different way of saying make them do stuff, but yeah. Yeah, there's I mean most of that kind of participation is in making like administrative decisions or executional decisions or volunteering at meetups or stuff like that. Um, there's a 
very popular nationally, internationally popular meetup called Creative Mornings that um, are in tons and tons of cities around the globe. And they have a whole setup of procedures and um, guides for like a local organizer and then people who um, come to volunteer and then they get in for free so they don't have to be refreshing on a Monday to get tickets and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when your meetup gets really big and also your Swiss Miss, so everything gets big. Mm -hmm. So I think that naturally invites the question of how do you prevent a meetup from getting too big or can you actually prevent it from being it? from being too big or is it again sort of the community has decided and the community is growing? Um, I, I'm going to unask that question because I think it's, there are problems that occur when a meetup gets larger, right? Like maybe the mission wanders or the quality of talks gets worse or, um, it's harder to feel like you're getting value out of it or the original people who got value out of it now feel alienated and weird because they're no longer getting the same kind of value out of it and they established relationships earlier. And I don't think that any of those things are necessarily bad unless you like offer and ascribe a value to them. It's just an aspect of it changing. Now, it can be obviously bad if like people are getting hurt or something like that. Like that's not okay, but that's... That's different from what I'm talking about, which is just it grows. You feel weird now. Um, maybe that means people are going to leave and that there needs to be like a natural churn. Um, maybe you don't want that to happen and you need to establish like application processes or um, more specific criteria. Um, maybe more people need to get cleared out that we're part of the community for a really long time and it's not really working out for them anymore. Um I think none of those things are necessarily like a net evil in society, right? You can have a meetup go from 10 to 10,000 people. And, you know, I've gone to Creative Mornings talks fairly recently, and and I've, I've enjoyed them. They've been really fun. Um, are they the same as the Creative Mornings talks I went to seven years ago? No, they're never going to be. I had to refresh on a Monday for them, for one. For another, it was like 500 people in an event space in River North, you wouldn't even be able to breathe the oxygen of River North without paying through the nose for seven years ago. It wasn't feasible. Um, so I think there's a lot of trade-offs there. And it's just kind of, you know, the the actionable takeaway is constantly be paying attention for how the vibe and the dynamic are shifting within your meetup and ask yourself whether that's okay or it needs to change in some way. And I think you nailed it right there. It's It's... Not monitoring, but it's keeping your fingers on the pulse of the community and seeing, are people still getting value out of it? Are the same people still getting value out of it? Has it shifted in some way? And it's not that change is bad. It's that change is just change. And it then becomes, in my mind at least, a game of saying, okay, so it shifted. Some people are getting more value now. Some people are getting less value now. Let's connect with the people who might be getting less value and make sure this is still valuable to them. Maybe it isn't anymore. They'll naturally migrate away. Maybe some small thing needs to change. Maybe it is still valuable for them. But keeping your fingers on the pulse of the community, keeping in touch with the members of the meetup or the community, I think is one of the most valuable things you could do. Because unless you hear, hey, we want A, B, and C to change so it's better for us, you might not ever think to change A, B, and C. Yeah, and you know farm that opinion out to other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like now you have a community. So I, this is something that 
I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're independent, you have a habit of doing of just like lone wolfing it and mulling and journaling about it. But like, if other people are coming, then you can get them invested by asking them like, how do you feel about this development and what can we do about it? Mm -hmm. And that gets them more invested in it as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you do or what have you done in the past when a meetup sort of reaches its expiration? You get tired of it. You aren't getting any value of it anymore. You're maybe one of the leaders. How do, how do you transition out or how have you seen people transition out of meetups? Um, I've seen some people transition out of meetups by burning the entire thing down and walking away. Uh -huh. um, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. I recommend um, setting up a strategy before you get too bummed out on the meetup for transitioning stuff away because you probably have a lot of assets that would be valuable to a notional organizer of the meetup, right? Um, and they're probably right, at, right under your nose because they've been in the meetup for this entire time. So um, you probably have a mailing list of contacts of people that are interested in coming to the meetup. You probably have admin access on a Facebook event page or a meetup page or something like that. Um, you need to figure out how, you know, how to transfer those over and who to give them to. And you should explain very kindly that this is not for you anymore and that you're trying to focus your time and attention on other things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, uh, you know, ask if they're interested in committing to running it for, you know, the foreseeable future, probably at least a year. And, you know, give them the same kinds of documentation and procedures and sit them down and probably take an entire afternoon to show here's how you promote, like, invite people. Here's how you promote the event. Here's how you clean up at the end. Here's how you find space, that sort of thing. Um, with design football, it's really tremendously easy. Like, I could write probably a, you know, 1,000-word blog post about it, or you could just listen to this podcast. Um, others might be, you know, a lot more moving parts, like finding guest speakers and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you just touched on an interesting point there where there's a lot of different shapes and forms that a meetup can take. Hey, we're going to get together at the beer garden and talk about the thing for an hour once a week or once a month. Or, hey, we're going to get together and see a talk or anything in between there. There's a number of different shapes and forms that a meetup or a community like this can take. But the principles we're talking about here in terms of organizing it, getting started with it, maintaining it, exiting it those really apply no matter what format you're angling towards. It might be you want to host a weekly talk series on, you know, uh, DevOps. Great, do that. This should work perfectly for that, just like it will work for, hey, we want to get together with 30 other designers and drink some beer once a month. Great, perfect. Here's a framework or here's concepts that will help you better do that. 